You're now listening to Primetime with Charles Reese, presented by the Bros You Think Network. Enjoy. What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Primetime Podcast. My name is Charles Reese, your host. LSU beats the number nine Texas Longhorns on the road, 45 to 38 in a shootout. And as always, we are joined by Josh Samoyan. You can find him on Twitter at LSU Fball Truth. As Josh is here to do our game recap. Josh, how are you doing tonight? And I'm doing good. Uh, it was a heck of a win yesterday, Charles. So this is uh, this is going to be fun. Heck of a win, right? And you know, you talk about LSU in terms of iconic moments. People remember, you know, even if they weren't there, the video of Billy Cannon's touchdown. 1988 when LSU beat Auburn, uh, whenever LSU in 2003 beat Georgia on the Skylar Green play where he ran the wrong route, right? Those are iconic moments. Third and 17 last night at LSU up six with about three minutes left. LSU's defense hadn't been able to stop Texas that much in the second half. And the question is, is do you punt the ball and play defense like you have had been doing for years? Or do you throw the ball, which is a weird concept, right, Josh? LSU goes and they pass the ball uh, on a play where uh, Clyde has a great blitz pickup. Uh, Joe Burrow gets skinny in the pocket and throws a a ball as he's off balance and and hits Justin Jefferson. And Justin, one stiff arm on a a safety that's pretty good and scores a touchdown, man. Uh, What did we watch last night? Yeah, and I was like, like you said, Charles. I think you nailed it. That was a historic moment. It was. I mean, 15 minutes after, I was telling family members that you know we'll be talking about this one for the next 20 years. Uh, just one of those plays. I think we'll look back when the season's all said and done, Charles, and we're gonna look back at that play, you know, and say that kind of catapulted us this season, you know, and took us off to wherever we're gonna finish. But you know, for Joe to be able to be able to, like you say, get skinny in the pocket make that throw um it was just big and for lsu to take that to the house you know it's just that was that that was that sign charles that like you mentioned look lsu normally would have would have played it safe you know ran a draw a screen maybe praying that we broke a screen you know and then punted and 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 put it on our defense but you know when he went drop back and they went for it that was my sign charles that you know lsu it's they truly committed. They have truly committed to a spread offense, and we're we're gonna you know we're all in. So it was a, a pleasant surprise. Well, let's talk about Burrow, uh, man. Burrow is probably in the lead, if not top three, for Heisman conversation right now. After going thirty one uh, or um, thirty one for thirty nine, four hundred seventy one yards, four touchdowns, one interception. Uh, look, first quarterback since Rohan Davey to go over 400 yards for LSU. Uh, what did you see from Burrow in this offense? Just overall, if, if you look some, look at uh, what I tweeted out earlier in the week, my keys to victory, Charles, that it was – I wanted to see if LSU could grow, you know, on this spread offense after week one. And we've seen some nice things. I wanted to see if they could step it up to the next level and, you know, add some add some nuances in and – and that's what I've seen. You know, when things got tough, it just seemed like Joe got tougher, you know, and he was able to make those make those throws, you know, even in a, when the pocket got got small. If it was, you know, if he had to move a little bit out the pocket, it's just 
overall, it was just Joe. It looked like Joe took that next step that we really haven't had at the quarterback position at LSU. You know, we got to go way back. You mentioned Rohan throwing for 400 and 02. You know, that's it's been a while, man, since we've had a quarterback that literally put the team on his back and carried us to a win. So, you know, he's right there. Like you said, for the Heisman talk, it'd be, you know, right now is crazy that that sounds, Charles that LSU has a quarterback that might be leading the Heisman race. I think another crazy stat to talk about is LSU had three receivers over 100 yards, which sets a new school record. First time that has ever happened as Justin Jefferson had 163, Jamar Chase with 147, and Terrence Marshall with 123 yards. Didn't see a ton of uh, targets for guys. You know, LSU didn't have nine different guys. Actually, I think it was more than that in that first game. Catch a, a pass from Burrow. Mm-hmm. But their top three guys came out, and they showed out in this game. Uh, what did you see from – look, I think it's safe to argue now that this could be the best uh, wide receiver core in the SEC and the country because I think it's us or Alabama right now. And, you know, with that being said, LSU so far this year, look, Justin Jefferson has better stats than Judy. Yeah, you know, that's if you're looking off pure talent, I'll probably give it to Alabama. I give him a slight edge. Judy is, you know, he's a, he's a freak of nature wide receiver. Um, but, yeah, you know, LSU's wide receiver. And court, you know, we've been saying this, Charles. I mean, shoot, it's been for like over a year. We've been, you know, when you just look at the talent in the film, how many times have we said, look, LSU's got the wide receiver. We have the talent. We got the guys. We just, you know, you need to get that quarterback in a place. You need to get the right offense in a place. And it just seemed like it's all finally coming together. Um, you know, you talk about – Justin Jefferson having a big night. You know, I want to talk about Jamar Chase. I just thought it was his breakout game that, you know, you've seen his his full display of talents on some of the comeback routes, some of the, you know, the sharp in uh, slant routes. And, you know, he took that one, that one, he just took it out of the guy's hands. Just impressive all around from Jamar Chase. I, I was, finally, we got to see what we all knew, what type of player he was. And he had a good year last year, but to me, this was kind of his coming out party for, for the rest of the nation to see that, look, I'm putting, you know, I'm putting everybody on notice that Jamar Chase is here. Yeah, I, I, you know, Jamar Chase uh, got featured on Sunday NFL Countdown ESPN for, you know, mossing a guy. Mm-hmm. That's it. And it was a play. It, you know, it wasn't just that, you know, Randy's watching because Thaddeus is on the team, which Thaddeus had a catch in this game as well. But, you know, Jamar showed that like, you know, what we've seen from the other two guys, that, that Jamar's a really good wide receiver. And, and, you know, a guy that, you know, people say, oh, Jamar, and, and look at what Justin did. Look at his number. Shit, mm-hmm. Justin, you know, had three touchdowns last night and, and had that third and 17 catch. But Terrence Marshall had a really good game as well. Yeah. Look, it's and the way Marshall goes about it, Charles, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but he, he kind of goes quiet about it. He's a he's a big wide receiver. You know, every time you watch him catch a ball, Charles, it's it's like, you know, the cornerback or the safety, they're four or five yards off. I'm like, you know, it's just every time I'm like this guy, he's finding himself wide open everywhere he goes. And that's you know, that's a credit to him. We all know he had a bad knee injury his senior year in high school and he worked his way back. Last year was kind of you could usually takes two years when you tear an ACL. So. Now you're starting to get the you're starting to get the separation that we knew he could get. He was, you know, number one wide receiver in some of the recruiting companies, you know, when he came out. So, yeah, just just the way Marshall's he, he's able to he's coming into his own and making plays. And you know, one more thing about Chase, it just almost seemed like Joe at times when he needed that catch, you know, that on the sideline or a, a comeback route. 
man, it's just Chase was running some sharp routes, man, and making some some nice plays. Well, speaking about routes, this is something we talked to about before we got on. And, you know, I think Justin is really Joe's safety blanket, right? He, he was there last mm-hmm. year, and you saw Joe and Justin had a really good connection. And, and you've seen Justin progress every year. We have actually have a listener question later on about Justin in, in terms of where he could go in the draft. Mm-hmm. But, we, you know, we were talking about Justin's route running ability. And, you know, he's been doing it from the slot. We've seen him do it on the outside. But Justin, it's just, it's so, like you said, with Jamar, it's just, and Terrence, it's just smooth. Mm-hmm. It, you know, he makes one or two moves, and a cornerback was on the ground on one of his touchdowns. Uh, you, you know, and he's really good at high pointing the ball. And you look at numbers, there's two receivers on LSU that have a perfect passer rating when targeted. That's Justin and, and Terrence Marshall. So y- you have to be excited what you're seeing from this passing attack, but you know, the plays are one thing, but these players are executing at a high level as well. Uh, you know, I saw a tweet, uh, Josh, not sure if it was yours or somebody else's, but talking about Burroughs incompletions. You know, most of them came in the first half. And, you know, you look at this game on the offensive side of the ball, when else you needed to play, the offense made it. Yeah, and that's that's where I I, saw, I just had a last night. I had to just take a step back, and it just seemed like old LSU. Uh, you know, all right, I, you know, I was just so used to let's walk out the punt team. We're gonna play defense and and pray for a turnover, right? You know, interception. But Joe Joe just kept making play after play when we needed. The wide receivers kept you know making play after play. And I know we haven't talked about it yet, Charles, but you know I want to give a shout out to Joe Brady. You not just his offensive scheme, but the way. You know, he's coached up the wide receivers. I mean, how many times last year in games we see him drop balls and easy catches and just it just didn't seem like they were quite making the plays that we knew they could. And uh, Coach Brady has really emphasized catching a ball and all kind of different angles. So and it's showing it's really showing in these games now. So, uh, you know, that you got to appreciate what Coach Brady has done. Yeah, they panned over to Brady at the end of the game. After that last or the touchdown where Clyde ran the ball, who we'll talk about in a second, and he's mouthed, you know, they can't effing stop us. <laughs> right. And it was right. true. That, you know, they right. couldn't stop him. But Josh, you know, and I don't want I don't want to keep going over this, but man, this offense, you know, we talked about it after the first game. This is a game where look, Texas has a good defense. I don't think they're a bunch of, you know, no, they're not a top ten defense. You know, they're probably around, you know, number 30 in the country, somewhere around there, 40, something like that. And LSU had that success. But, Josh, look at this stat. LSU threw the ball 21 times on first downs last night, and Burrow was 19 of 21 for 270 and two touchdowns. I mean, we were the offense that ran it every single first down, you know. And you had the national writers there last night saying, wow, this is actually for real. Uh, you know, Barrett Sally had uh, a tweet and a story saying I was wrong. Uh, Justin Rogers said, you know, I-, I was wrong. People were saying I was wrong. I mean, even Ross Dellinger's, you know, had a story about how he was there for that Lambeau game when we were <laughs> supposed to see a new offense, but we saw a toss dive on the first play. Right. And so it's like this evolution of what's going on is incredible right now, you know? Oh, yeah. No, you're you're right. It's and it's. I'm glad that LSU was was able to do that on the national stage. So you can kind of quiet down. You know what we refer to as the haters and guys that still want to say that we're we're stuck in the Les Miles era. 
Um, it's it was done on a national stage. Joe, you know, Joe, he was lights out. Wide receivers were lights out. Um, you know, we didn't talk much about the about the offensive line, but because the ball comes out of Joe's hand so quick, Charles, and and he makes these reads so quick, it it man, it really does help the offensive line. And, you know, with this type of scheme, they don't have to sit there and block for three and four seconds. Um, you know, I've said this before. Joe's release at time can be lethargic. It can be slow at times, especially in a five step drop, a seven step drop. So this RPO spread system that Brady brought in, I mean, it just fits him perfect. You know, that that's what he needed. No, it, it does. And, you know, something that, you know, I mentioned uh, Justin Rogers, something he was talking about with mm-hmm. Burrow at, at- the passing uh, academy, um, Burrow was working on throwing that ball downfield with speed, mm-hmm. you know, throwing hard balls. And, and you could see that, man. Um, Burrow's able to make the throws. You know, I think some of that is confidence. But, you know, leading up to this game, people were talking about Burrow's stats in big games. I, I'm not sure how many people that were talking about that knew when Burrow came to LSU last year. You know, right. this is the first full summer. Yes, this is a new offense, but I, I mean, he's a cerebral quarterback, right? You know, he's a guy that before you know the play goes is and the play happens, he sees it in his head. He can make those reads, but now he can make the passes too, and we're seeing that and with accuracy and precision. And you know, this offense, you know, the sky right now is the limit. Um, I, something I do want to talk about is, is Clyde's play last night. Clyde. Uh, had 15 carries for 87 yards and a mm-hmm. touchdown last night. Um, he also caught the ball four times for 15 yards. Man, Clyde, uh, Clyde really fits the system, doesn't he? Yeah, I, you, look, I said that said that the prior week. He kind of plays that Mark Ingram role, you know, what the Saints have. Um, and I just think that's, you know, he fits it well. You know, I think that they're going to end up working a second back in there, if that's Emory or Ty Davis or Chris, whoever that may be. I just think he fits it fits it so well in the sense that he's he's got that senior way about him. He's in the right place, you know, at the right time. For the most part, uh, he picks up blocks when he needs to pick pick it up, and he turned out some nice yards when he needed to. He broke a couple nice runs. Uh, you know, it's he fits it well. Charles, with that being said, I just think a guy like Emery, you, you know, just imagine if we could get that, you know, a guy that is that a game breaker to put in, you know, in this offense with Clyde, like the Saints were able to go get Alvin Kamara to mix with Ingram. That's kind of, to me, if I'm looking at right now, and believe me, I'm not complaining one bit, what, what is it What is it missing? It's missing the game breaker out the backfield. Boy, if you could, if Emory could kind of, you know, move into that role as the season goes on, this LSU offense would be extremely, extremely dangerous. Well, last, last thought on the offense. Um, and positives before we move on to the defensive side of the ball. You know, we talked about the receivers, talked about Burrow for Heisman, mm-hmm. the Heisman talks. Just in terms of national ranks right now, Joe Burrow is first in the country in touchdowns. He's first in the NFL rating under pressure. His passer rating, he's second. His adjusted completion, he's second. Completion is third. Yards per game, fifth. And then his deep passes, uh, NFL rating is sixth. Uh, you know, just that completion at 81.8 right now, Josh. We're talking about a quarterback that was struggling <laughs> to hit 60% last year, and we're at 81.8 for the season right now. Man, it, it's an incredible ride right now. Uh, and, look, the next month for LSU is an easy schedule. Can't overlook an opponent. But, you know, I think the godly numbers are, are going to continue to come 
this month, uh, you know, and I expect to see some of Miles Vernon, but I also expect Joe Burrow to continue to pat these stats as uh, Burrow for Heisman. If you haven't taken that bet now, might be the time to do it, but it also might be a little late. But um, Josh, let's flip sides of the ball. Let's talk about this defense. Um, you know, the whole conversation of DBU came in and was a whole play all week. Texas, you know, had the DB shirts again. Of course, you know, Texas lost the game, and, and both teams did have success. I think uh, Ellinger and Burrow put on a show last night, showed that both quarterbacks are, are some of the better, if not the best quarterbacks in, in the, uh, college football this year. But we saw a defense that gave up a ton of yards. Just what were your thoughts on the defense last night? Yeah, you, you look, man, you know, we heard, we heard the, the talk all week. Texas was wearing the DBU shirts, and, you know, LSU was true, truly DBU. And after that performance, I don't know if anybody can call herself DBU anymore, but um, it's it was it, there was spots in there that really concerned me as far as the secondary play. Now, Derek Stingley, that's an, that's another conversation that maybe we'll get into later, but he played lights out. Uh, but at times concerning Charles, um, Todd, you know, Todd Harris there at safety at times just having to tackle people because he was so out of place, uh, you know, missed tackles. Uh, it was just, it was, it just, it wasn't quite all the guarantee. Look, I don't want to be in the film room when Coach Aranda is going to start breaking down that film because, look, when when they when they interviewed anybody on defense after the game, you know, there was guys were excited, but go look at the guys that were excited. They were on offense when, when they interviewed and some of these guys on defense, Clavion Chase on and stuff. You know, the, it didn't look like they just won a big game. They were, those guys know what's expected of them and they didn't play up to uh up to their standard no they didn't and, and you know let's talk about Derek Stingley they targeted him early in the game uh mm-hmm. twice and he had two pass breakups now right. you know they put two dunks to running backs on him so in coverage he was two for four with two P- PBUs almost had an interception which would have been mm-hmm. incredible but um Man, just talk about Derek Stingley. Look, he's a, he's a real deal because he was going up against a really big receiver, a guy that's going to play in the NFL, and a true freshman in the second game, he held his own. Yeah, Charles. You know, a few weeks back, if you remember, you know, he watched the show. I broke down his film for quite a few hours, and obviously we all knew who he was, but I kind of did a deep dive, and I know we talked about it. And I, I, I left that, that film study after three hours. It's a, that's the best I've ever seen. Uh, best I've ever seen of high school film of a guy playing cornerback. You know, I was the only people that came to mind was a Sean Taylor, you know, Charles Woodson. And so far he he's, you know, he's living up to the hype and that's hard to do, you know, and in this age of, you know, Twitter and all the social media. So um, just his technique and his ball skills are, are unreal. And he just seems so calm out there, Charles, you know, it's like nothing's too big for him. I was just paying close attention to him, Charles, as you know, at, during the game and at certain times, just focusing in on him. And you know, it's like he didn't even know he was he was on that stage and just just playing his game. So, man, when it's all said and done, I think you know we we'll be talking about him in the same breath as the Honey Badger and Patrick Peterson. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Yeah. I'm still waiting for that explosive return. We saw a little glimpse of it. Yeah, game, but I'm I'm waiting for a touchdown or two this year. I, I think that's really going to happen. Look, another guy that I thought had a really good game on defense was uh, Caleb on Chase on mm-hmm. uh, five pressures, one sack, three hurries, one QB hit, one tackle for loss, and two run stops. Uh, he was a difference maker. And, and on top of that, Josh, 
he was getting held all night. Held all night. I mean, I, you know, Charles, I got some buddies in the NFL or scouts and stuff, and I was getting texts throughout, text throughout the game. That was, man, they are holding him and holding him. And they said that's the only way they could stop him because Chase on would have had five sacks. So, you know, that's good, Charles. I'm glad that some of the guys that scout for the NFL seeing that as well. You know, because sometimes I think we go into fan mode, you know what I mean? As LSU and we're watching it, you know, he's being held. But no, I mean, it was across the board that was just he was being held. And hey, look, that's what they got to do. And they were getting away with it. But he was a difference maker, Charles. You, you're absolutely right. Uh, he made some some big plays, especially right before the half. He got that that nice sack. So, yeah, he, he had a great game. Yeah, and, you know, he was not too happy with how the defense played no. last night. So. You know, I, I expect um, I, I expect some things to change. Hey, look, Michael Divinity had a pretty good game as well. Um, he had a sack last night. I think he had ten tackles. Didn't mm-hmm. play that week one. Had some cramping, which I, I do want to hit on that cramping stuff on the defense in a second. But uh, Divinity first game action. What do you think? Um, look, you know, if we're being honest, I think uh, I think it was okay, Charles. If you watch early on, I thought he was not reacting as as much as far as he didn't he seemed kind of out of place he was thinking a lot um i think as the game went on when you got into the fourth quarter he was starting to just react more than think um and i thought he closed the game out well he had a sack there close to toward the end of the game uh and I, he started to kind of play more like i was expecting him to play uh we seen a little bit of clark and when clark was in he, he actually made a he made a couple nice tackles so I think that's going to be you're going to have to find your your happy medium with there. Charles, what's your thoughts on on Divinity? Sometimes you just don't know because he was an edge guy and a defensive line guy. It just doesn't seem kind of like he has that sideline to sideline speed that I think we might need, you know, against Auburn or Alabama. Which what's your thoughts on that? I think when it comes to the mental aspect, Divinity leads that locker back, linebacker room, and I think that's why he's in the middle. You know, yes, you know, mm-hmm. I, I do think Divinity has the speed, but, you know, you, you're all, you also have to think about who you were looking at last year, right? You, you were watching That's Devin true. White, That's you know? true, yeah. And you saw Damone Clark, who I think Damone Clark is a little Devin White Jr. Mm-hmm. After, after week one. Look, right. Damone Clark didn't make as many plays, and Damone Clark did get a lot of playing time in this game, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I think some of that, you know, may have been the opponent last week, but – Look, I, I have no problem with Divinity because m- whenever I have a guy in the middle, you know, I want a guy that's going to make the tackle and clean things up. And that's what he did with eight solo tackles last night. You know, and, and then the sack and a QB hurry, they send him and, and they trust him when they send him. But, uh, you know, if, if there was any knock, I would say more, maybe more of coverage, you know? Yep. And that's where, Charles, when you say that, and that's kind of what I was referring to. It just seemed like early in the game with the coverage, he was thinking more than maybe, am I supposed to be here? You know, and because, you know, like we said, he played on the line more on the edge. So it was new to him. I think it'll, it'll get much better as the year goes on. That's not a spot that you just wake up and learn it overnight. So he needs some live game reps. That was his and, first you know, game. Right. Right. Exactly. No, exactly. His first game. So um, and I do like when they blitz him because he blitzed. He rushes a quarterback for so many years. That was his natural spot. I do like how when I like how when he they send him on a blitz, he understands how to break down Charles and make a sack. Sometimes White was coming in there 150 miles an hour and sometimes blow by the quarterback. I like I like how he he understands that he has to break down and you know put himself in front of the quarterback to get the sack or, or the or the pass breakup. So you know that was that was some positives for sure. Josh, what were your thoughts on uh? 
on Grant Delpit last night? Uh, you know, I definitely, if you ask him, I bet he would say, you know, he wasn't pleased with his, you know, his performance. Um, he made a couple nice flashes there, but uh, he, he missed he missed a few tackles there, Charles, and it just wasn't wasn't quite, you know, what we normally see from him. Look, you know, I'm not one to question him. I know I know they'll clean it up because he's hard on himself, you know, so that's uh, I think he'll be fine. But no, I, I don't think Grant played up to his standard by any means. Couple of times he was out of position there at the safety. You know he flashed a few times there on on the line of scrimmage, but he just he couldn't make the tackle. He couldn't complete the play. Wasn't wrapping up a couple of times. So um, you'll have to get that cleaned up. And same thing for Christian. You know I, yep. I don't think that he was happy. I think he got humbled last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know I think that would be the best way to put it because they weren't attacking Christian at the beginning of the game when they realized they weren't throwing on Derek. They moved, and you saw. Um, Devin du- uh, Duvernay, a guy that we talked about before we came on and started recording, uh, he had 154, 12 catches and two touchdowns. I, I mean, I don't know if I would say as much he exposed the position, um, you know, coming out of the slot. It, it's definitely a, different than playing on the outside. But one thing I did think he did or showed, you know, was some of that poor tackling. But, man, he's gifted. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's something that people may not see, but I, I think Duvernay may be the best receiver on this team. Yeah, I mean, it, when uh, as far as you, compared to the other guys, and I made this statement in the, in the last show, and you you had kind of spoke up and say, hey, look, they got a guy with speed. This is him. Um, when I paid attention to the outside receivers, they're big and tall, but they didn't scare me with their speed. But, you know, you said, no, look, there, there's a guy there in the slot that, it, that he, he has speed, and, you know, you were dead on with that uh, – he he showed that, you know, and he showed it against our speed guy, you know what I mean, against uh, Kerry Vincent. So, um, yeah, he's a he's a playmaker for sure. Well, before we get into our drive-by-drive, uh, drive, our scoring play recap, just give us a couple of uh, thoughts you had after watching uh, Sam Ellinger last night, 31 for 47, 401 yards, four touchdowns. Also ran the ball 19 mm-hmm. times for 60 yards with a touchdown. Yeah, when I broke down his film, Charles, and I, I probably look at eight to ten games that he played in over his career, a um, couple of things I said, you know, people wanted to com- compare him to Tebow. He's much better passer than Tebow. Not as fast as Tebow. He don't run quite as well. Um, but I also said in those notes that he, people don't give enough credit for the type of passer he is. Um, has a pretty strong arm, and I just I thought you know also for for his sake on a, a national game that you seen uh, the ratings were extremely high for that game. I, he put himself on the map as well as a capable passer. Um, just overall, I thought he played lights out. Well, let's get into the breakdown. LSU wins the toss. They defer. Texas uh, they did not score, but. First drive, thought was big. You know, one of your keys to this game was coming out fast. Uh, LSU, first play, Keontae Ingram goes 19 yards. But then LSU, uh, three straight plays. Texas doesn't convert a first down, and they punt. LSU turns around, goes 11 plays, 71 yards, 458 off the clock. And they get a field goal from Cade York, 36-yard field goal. Uh, Man, after the game, Edo said York didn't practice all week. He comes in three for three, and uh, I think he's a real deal, Josh. 
Yeah, I mean, look, you know, I'm not no kicking expert. You know, I'm not going to sit here and critique anybody. Yeah, I don't know much about, but uh, he, he just seems like he, he's got it. He's kind of got that it factor. And, uh, man, he's got a powerful leg, Charles. I think we're going to need that at some point in time this season. He might have to have to hit a deep one for us. Well, uh, Texas gets the ball. They turn it over on downs after going 73 plays, uh, 73 yards and eight plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, they turned the ball over in their own end zone. Uh, thought they probably should have kicked it there, but they didn't. But LSU three plays, only gain a yard, and they throw a pick. Uh, Texas gets the ball and then gets forced into another fourth down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a drive where they reviewed Sam Ellinger's carry, and uh, they said he wasn't in the end zone. And they end up giving the ball back to LSU. LSU moves the ball a little. They punt, but Texas goes down and scores a touchdown. Man, it seemed like that into that first quarter going into the second uh, that there was a lot of trying to figure out. But, you know, those two drives where LSU stopped them in the end zone, back-to-back drives and fourth downs, that was huge for this game. And it kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier uh, before we came on with things have to go your way. And those were things that went LSU's way. Yeah. You know, and we, you know, I don't know if you mentioned in that uh, sequence there, we, they, they had the drop pass right there in the end zone so you know LSU got a little luck I also thought right there talking to a couple of Texas fans um, when LSU made those stops on the goal line uh, you know two times that was I got a few texts that, said, that from these guys that said look man that's that's the SEC right there okay okay we're, we're gonna be in for a dog fight you know and I think uh, you know the defense didn't play like they would like but at times that's you know, that's who the SEC is. It ain't going to be easy. If you're going to score, we're going to make you pay for it. So, you know, I thought that was that was pretty solid by LSU early on. Well, after Texas scores a touchdown, LSU goes down and responds. Eight plays, 75-yard touchdown – or 75 yards, and they come up with a touchdown to Justin Jefferson on a six-yard pass from Burrow. Um Man, look, we talked about that connection earlier, but LSU just scoring with such ease. They they marched down the field with so much success on that drive. Yeah, you know, once they got in the groove, and you seen Joe and the offense hit that you hit that groove, and even the play calling, it was it, it was money, man. Once they start to get the separation from the cornerbacks, it uh, it was it was just it was something to see, man. It was smooth, so you know, impressed. And so LSU defense comes out, six plays, 35 yards. Texas is forced to punt. Uh, Then LSU goes down in 254. They drive 65 yards in 10 plays, kick a field goal. Look, we talked about Cade York. You know, incredible that that he had such a good game on the road. That was his first road environment, uh, which was big. And then LSU defense once again comes up three plays, forces a three and out. And uh, Texas has to punt. And LSU goes down and scores. Uh, Josh, there was less than two minutes left, and LSU three plays, uh, pass to Jamar Chase for 19 yards, mm-hmm. pass to Jefferson for 18, and then pass complete to Jefferson for a 21-yard touchdown. Man, <laughs> Josh, I don't know what more you can say, but this just goes back to that offense uh, of just it's a machine and it works and it's very Saints-esque that yep. they didn't just go into the into the locker room at halftime getting the ball back uh, up 13-7 instead. They wanted to score. Yep. They, look, that was one of the, that was one of the moments that I talked about earlier in the show that I said, "Oh, these guys are truly committed." You know, this ain't 
this ain't Coach O a couple years ago. This ain't Les Miles. We're going to spread it out. But, you know, when I seen that, like you said, man, three plays, moving down the field, you know, Tom, not much time on the clock. That was another one of them signs to me that, you know, we're all, all in. We're all in on this offense. And uh, it's just good to see after so many years of, you know, not playing that style of, style of football and to be able to you know, have th- that type of offense. You know, um, we've been seeing it for so many years with Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Now to be able to watch it on Saturday, you know, it's something uh, it's something that's extremely enjoyable. Josh, I want to get your opinion on this. So, this, you know, second half starts, LSU, three plays. Uh, they had a passing completed on a third and one to Clyde, and they give the ball to Texas. Mm-hmm. Texas goes 19 plays, takes 7-17 off mm-hmm. the clock, uh, makes it 20-14 after an 86-yard drive, resulting in a touchdown. Man, adjustments. I think Texas may have won that battle in terms of adjustments at halftime. Yeah, you know – there's sometimes, even last year, uh, at times that Coach Aranda, I thought, would have made some adjustments there, Charles. I, I think two years ago, Mississippi State, um, when they won that game, I thought we'd see some adjustments. So, you know, it's 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 football. You're not going to always get it right. But, yeah, you know, when you're going against a guy like Tom Herman, he's, he's known for his adjustments and what type of offensive play caller he is and what type of schemes he runs. So, you know, you're not going to win them all. Well, after going on that drive, LSU goes down. They kick a field goal. And, Josh, something I want to talk about is time of possession. Mm-hmm. You know, Texas had the ball for 33 minutes, uh, almost 34 minutes. And then you look at LSU on the other side. They didn't have the ball that long. And, and this shows it. So, you know, LSU gets the field goal. And they took a minute 41 off the clock after the defense in game time had been on for 7 minutes and 17 seconds. Texas gets the ball, and they drive down with ease, man. It mm-hmm. seems like time of possession started to become big in this game, uh, especially starting in that second half where guys were starting to drop like flies. Uh, is this a, an area where this could hurt our defense if teams decide they want to go on longer drives and, and we're still scoring but in three minutes rather than you know six, seven-minute drives? Yeah, look, this is – I brought this up last night in some conversations. You know, the offense and Coach O said, you know, our offensive line's not quite in shape. You know, we got to get there because we're running high tempo. What I think sometimes that is lost, Charles, is that your defense better be prepared to get right back on the field because sometimes your offense is going to move down the field and, like you said, a minute, minute, 20 seconds, and you're going to put – you're going to put, you know, touchdown, a field goal on the board, and there you are just as you're – just got on the sideline – your offense is kicking like you wanted to for all these years, but that's something that needs to be addressed. The guys are dropping like flies, weren't necessarily hydrated properly. That it absolutely has have to be addressed. That look, guys, you know, it, it might only be two minutes, and we're right back on the field. The guys scored a scored a touchdown. It's not because we punted. You know what I mean? So um, it takes me back, Charles, if you remember back in the days with Chip Kelly at Oregon. Those guys on Oregon's defense, they had to go into a completely different way how to you know, run and condition yourself. Um, you know, if you go back and look look on YouTube and stuff, there's some videos how that defense at Oregon had to completely change because of how fast the offense moved. And, and look, Texas outgained LSU. 500, mm-hmm. or no, LSU outgained Texas, sorry. Uh, but Texas did put up 530 yards. They ran 85 plays last night, Josh, at six yards per play. You know, 
Yeah. LSU's defense is used to, you know, 60 plays a game. Mm-hmm. Having to go 85, man, you know, I'm not sure if this is going to change what we think of our defense. You know, uh, look, these guys are talented, but I think you're going to have to expect to give up some points on defense because they're going to be on the field a lot, especially against an Auburn, uh, Texas A&M, uh, Florida, teams that aren't running at the same pace. Alabama, look, they they have a high pace. So, you know, you probably won't see that as much, but, man, that, you know, they were – they ran. They were on the field for a long time last night, and it was hot. You know, yep. if there's one thing I, I want to say about that is that field was hot. It's a turf field. Um, I saw the uh, they predicted the field would be like 140 at game time because of you know the black pellets and the turf. Man, yeah, yeah. has a ton of money. Why don't they have grass, Josh? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know, man. That's, a, that's a huge question. It's it's kind of crazy, but so anyway, let's let's get back into um, into play by play as. Uh, Texas starts to have some success against this LSU defense. They go down to LSU comes back and responds. Six plays, 75 yards, uh, 244 off the clock. LSU goes up 30 to 21 on another um, touchdown pass by Joe Burrow. This time to Terrence Marshall for 26 yards. It, I thought it was a great pass, uh, Josh. Uh, and it was nice to see Terrence Marshall get a touchdown on that drive. Yeah, no, I, I mentioned him earlier in the show, Charles. I think we both did that. Uh, just glad he's he's back to the full full form that we expected him expected him to be, um, and like I said, I just think he's he's such a smooth route runner that he don't quite get his due um, as being flashy. But for as big as he is, Charles, he's he's so smooth, and you know every time I look, the cornerback's four or five yards off of him, he's making a catch, and it's not he's not even contested. So you know you know I ha- I don't have any complaints. <laughs> Well, that was the first play of the fourth quarter, and then it's turned into trading touchdowns as Texas seven plays, 75 yards, 243 off the clock. Uh, they made it 30 to 28. Uh, LSU gets the ball. They march down six plays, 75 yards, mm-hmm. 211 off the clock, and score a touchdown on the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire run. Uh, Texas gets the ball 10 plays. They score uh, to make it um, 37-31. Or no, they, they scored a field goal. Um, which, Josh, I thought that was huge right there. Uh, you know, they're trading touchdowns. Texas, you know, has to is forced to kick a field goal um, when I think they needed a touchdown there. But, uh, you know, LSU forced uh, Texas into a third and 22. Yep. Michael Divinity's sack, which was huge. Yep. Um, and I think that was a big turning point for LSU is, hey, man, this, this is a chance that we can go up two scores here. Yeah, no, that was and we mentioned that a little while ago with Mike making that sack uh, toward the end of the game. That was big when he made that. And uh, what when you know what you're about to get into was, you know, old LSU. I was just concerned about okay, we're gonna have to lean on this defense. They're tired, but uh, you know LSU was able to finish finish it off, and that was just something that we're not necessarily used to seeing. Uh, but yeah, that was big. That was big to get that sack uh, late in the game. Well, LSU gets the ball after that field goal, and they are up um, 37-31. LSU gets the ball, six plays, 75 yards, Mm -hmm. and they score on a touchdown to uh, Justin Jefferson, which I think is an iconic play. Uh, Third and 17, Coach O asked, hey, do you want to run the ball after a sack? You know, which which is huge because it's like – 
you know, Switching. you think about in the past, why would you want to pass the ball after getting sacked, right? You know, it's third and 17. Let's run the ball, take some time off. Let's punt it and play defense. That's what old LSU would have done. But Coach O asked Steve, and Steve said, no, we're passing the ball, and we're going to go score. And that's what they did on that play. Uh, incredible play, incredible all around. You know, we talked about that play to yep. lead off. Uh, but then Texas gets the ball back. Eight plays, 75 yards, two of five off the clock. And Texas scores again, kind of a, you know, a touchdown at the end. And uh, they get within uh, seven. LSU had to go for two. Um, and they ended up getting it to increase the lead to 14. So Texas down seven. Um, they end up kicking an onside kick. Almost got it. But the guy landed out of bounds when he got possession. Uh, so another break going LSU's way. But LSU ends up coming out victorious. Um, man, a lot of breaks went LSU's way, but I also think that this game plan uh, and what happened, you know, in my eyes, I think LSU won this game by 14 at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, what was big also LSU getting going for that two and getting it. Not only the way, you know, going for two, Charles, that old LSU probably wouldn't have, just the, how confident Joe was on that two-point diversion. I'm just going to stroll out here to the left. And what throw across my body and two points. I just, I just kind of chuckled there to you know toward the end of the game. Did you like, notice that play? Yeah, yeah. Did you notice what they ran? I, I didn't. I didn't notice. So we talked about this in our recap for Georgia Southern mm-hmm. the Saints play, where they had the screen to Terrence Marshall mm-hmm. and you had Jamar Chase and, and Justin blocking. They ran that play, but they faked it. Ah, they went okay. to the left side wide open for the two yep. point version. So I just, yeah. It's a wrinkle, right? It's a wrinkle you see from the Saints running the same plays, but running or running the same formations, but different plays. I mean, you know, Texas saw that play. Look, when I saw Terrence Marshall coming across, I was like, no way they're going to run the same play and score. Not back back to back weeks, right? Right, right, right. And I think Texas might have thought, oh, we got him, but they got fooled. And that was huge because, you know, uh, Texas, even if they would have gotten that onside kick, would have had to go for two to win the game or would have just tied it at the end of it. But uh, LSU ends up coming out victorious. Now, Josh, let's flip it. You know, let's talk about things that we didn't like as much. Like we talked about the defense, you know, mm-hmm. saying no one can really be called DBU. I think some of those younger cornerbacks got exposed. Uh, that depth at cornerback was shown. You know, uh, Joseph leaves. He's at Kentucky now. So you've got freshmen backing up your starting quarterback uh, cornerbacks. And they got exposed some. And I think they just need reps. You know, Cardell Flott needs some reps. Mm-hmm. And he will get that in the next coming weeks. But, you know, if you get an injury to Stingley or you get an injury to Fulton, which did happen in this game, it could come to hurt you at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, a guy like Cordell Flott, who's, they, you know, they said he had a, uh, a great, you know, camp. And, he, you know, he looks the part. But, you know, Charles, you know, when you get out there and live action, especially some of the first live action that's in Texas Stadium with 100,000 people. You know, he it was, he just need these guys just need reps, John, like you said. So it's definitely something something to keep an eye on, you know. And, you know, thank goodness LSU was able to land Stanley in that class. You know, I know he's he's not your traditional true freshman there. Uh, he's such a lockdown cornerback. So, you know, let's just be lucky that uh, he chose LSU. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Like, I agree with you right there. <laughs> I want to talk about was the offensive line play. Look, they were getting blitzes from all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, Burrow ends up getting sacked, I think, five times in the game. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think this offensive line, uh, the news is that Ed Ingram is back. 
Um, you know, I, I, I don't know how fast he's going to get thrown into the mixture. You know, we've seen that he's been practicing some. Not sure how much he did, you know, practice in camp. Um, but, you know, I, I think Ed Ingram, after we saw what, what he did freshman year, can help this offensive line. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I mean, if you go look at the tape, Charles, and that we have on Ed, I think he's an NFL caliber guy. You know, I don't I'm not really sure what he'll look like, you know, since he's been out for a while. I'm not sure how much he's practiced or what type of shape he's in. But I think he gives LSU, you know, another option there, another guy there that we know when he he was playing, Charles, that he was, you know, he had talent to play in at the NFL level. He played in the SEC. Um, he was dominant. So, yeah, I think it's, it would be important just to have another body because, you know, as SEC play kicks off week in and week out yeah. that, yeah, yeah, you got the depth and it's, it, guys are going to get dinged up and they're going to have to come out for a quarter and, you know, go get retaped. We've seen it last night. So, yeah, you know, it's, it could be big for LSU. And freshman Ed Ingram looked NFL ready. Too. Yeah, you know, yes. That's, yep. that's, that's the important thing to talk about. Now, Josh, let's talk about the tackles. I, I didn't think the tackles played that well last night. Um you know, Sadiq, while he's a fast tackle, he got beat a couple of times. And I know, you know, they were sending safeties and linebackers around him. But I think, you know, when you talk about recruiting, it shows the importance of having true tackles on this team. Um, and that's a whole other discussion for another day. But, you know, against teams, look, LSU's going to play four teams with better defensive fronts than they saw last night. Alabama, Auburn, A&M, and Florida. And, like, the offensive line can get better, right? But you're going to need to see some progression the next couple of weeks and, and better play from this offensive line, or, or that can hurt you down the line. Yeah, you know that's why I think I think it's important that we went to this spread RPO type offense, Charles and and Joe. If need be, they can almost call the game to protect protect him at times mm-hmm. to get the ball out of his hand, you know, quickly. So, um, like you said, we need to do a better job of recruiting the proper type of tackles for this offense. And I think that's going to come in time. Uh, but look, with that being said, though, Todd Orlando, their defensive coordinator, he's known Good. he'll bring the house, man. He, he'll, yeah. he'll, he'll, he'll blitz everybody and, you know, in the kitchen sink, man. And it, and it happened a couple of times and he was able to get, to make some plays on, you know, on, on the tackle. So. And, you know, he, that third and 17 play, he brought the whole house. He did. He did. He did. Yes. Both safeties and a linebacker. Yep. I mean, he blitzed up the middle on the side, mm-hmm. and then another safety came up on the on the other gap. It was kind of crazy to see that in that situation. But look, Josh, I agree. You know, you, you can you can game plan around it, mm-hmm. um, but you're going to need some better offensive line play because I think LSU is going to need to have more success running the ball as we go down. And that's something to talk about. Look, we saw a lot of questions about it, but Josh, I was surprised we didn't see more of the freshman running backs last night. Yeah, you know, I think uh, it's, it's twofold, man, maybe threefold, honestly. But Coach O is old school, and I think sometimes we see that he wants the guy that he trusts in there uh, to, you know, have the ball in his hands. He don't want any turnovers. He wants a guy that's sure-handed, can can pass block, and I think that's part of it. I don't. Um, as Coach O has probably seen things in practice that made him a little shaky. Didn't want to put guys in that situation. Um, look. You know, a fumble or, you know, not being at the right place, causing a turnover that could have flipped the whole game. That's that's one of those type of games. So, uh, you know, I imagine Coach O's got his reasons. 
Yeah, it's something to watch, but I, I do think those guys are going to get a lot of play in the next couple of weeks as LSU takes on Northwestern State. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, as LSU goes for their 800th program win to become the 12th major school with 800 wins, and then they take on a Vanderbilt team at Vanderbilt, a Utah State, and then a bye week before the Florida Gators. So the next three weeks, I think, uh, are going to be huge in terms of progression, getting this offense ready for SEC play, and getting this defense ready for SEC play, as you're going to see um, more physicality down the road. And it's going to be something to watch, and that's where those running backs are going to be huge. Josh, I was surprised we didn't see that many screen plays last night. Yeah, that, that was – yeah, that was uh... – I thought we'd see a little bit more of it, but, but look, you know, those guys, they, they've been doing their homework for a while. And uh, I think Charles, when you, when you look at the film and I have a chance to go back and watch, I just, like you said, you seen Joe Brady and he, he said it, these guys can't stop us. I just think he thought one-on-one we, we're going to run our routes and he, these, these guys can't stop us. And that's kind of what happened. You know what I think some of it is too, is, you know, when you run a screenplay, you, you allow safeties and linebackers to make plays. And, and we talked about that being the strength of, of Texas's defense. It wasn't their defensive line. It was their linebackers and safeties. So I think that kind of took the play of them out and put it more on the cornerbacks, which LSU did have some success against. Um, but, man, overall, really exciting game at the end of the day. You know, this was a program changer uh, because of what we saw from the offense. But LSU is now in the conversation for the football playoff as they move up to number four in the latest AP poll. And not only that, look, LSU can suffer a loss later on uh, to a team like Alabama and still be in that playoff contention because they got this one against Texas. Overall, in the scheme of things, how big was this win? Absolutely, Charles. I said this on some other shows that they said, you know, what's what's the deal with this game? Why, why is it so big? And I said that exact reason, Charles. You know, eight, nine weeks down the road when we kind of forgot and we're focusing on Alabama or whoever that is in the SEC. And, you know, you know, it had, maybe we take a loss. We take a loss somewhere. And But, man, getting that win on the road against a top ten opponent. And I think Texas ain't going – I don't think they're going anywhere, Charles. They're a pretty good program there in the, in the Big 12. And I think they're, they're going to end up winning 10, 10 games themselves, 10, 11 games. So, you know, it's, it's going to be big in that sense. Like you said, a tiebreaker type game for us. If they're, we're sitting there at, you know, number five or number six there and, and they're looking back and saying, OK, who do we need to put in? Who do we should keep out? LSU. That's right. LSU be Texas in Texas, you know, so in Austin. So uh, that's to me. That's that's why it's so big. Well, Josh, let's get into some. Uh, well, before we get into listener questions, uh, mm-hmm. is there anything else you want to talk about from this matchup that you saw last night? Uh, I, I just want to talk real quick about the recruiting aspect. I know we, we're not going to get all into the details of that. It's another show. But uh, for LSU to go into Austin and to, you know, to beat Texas, uh, you know, we we steal a lot of recruits out of Texas. And for us to go into Austin and do, put a performance like that up, uh, it's big for recruiting. I'm not going to cut it any other way. That was a great look for LSU in recruiting in the state of Texas. Put it this way, Josh. They couldn't accept any more recruits for this game. Yes. There were a ton of recruits, and look, Texas wanted the best ones there. And, and, and the best ones that wanted to be there were there. Yeah. And it, not only that, this was the only game people were watching last night. It, look, I got a lot of messages, Charles, on, on uh, Twitter, and it wasn't, it wasn't many words. It was just a lot of eyeballs from a lot of recruits that were just like, whoa, you know, like LSU is really here. This is really happening from a lot of, you know, high rank recruits that aren't necessarily coming to LSU, you know, but it's, 
it was eye opening to a lot a lot of kids in high school. Eye opening to a lot of kids in high school. <laughs> eye opening to people <laughs> is high on the Tigers and they're saying that he's got to put them number one because of what they've done so far this year. And he said this offense is for real. The SEC West is to be put on alert. But Josh, let's get into some listener questions. First question comes from Joey asking. The defense's strong point is the secondary. But that being said, we were torched for over 400 yards. Is this due to just playing a good QB? Or are we not proficient in some areas? Look, we covered this, but mm-hmm. I, I think it's a little bit of both, Josh. That, yep. No, Charles, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it falls a little bit on like what we mentioned. The defense is going to have to adjust to this t- type of offense and, you know, do a better job during a week of hydrating, getting their bodies ready to jump right back on the field because your team just scored a touchdown. Um, and also it's get back to the fundamentals. Like you said, some of the guys were exposed, absolutely exposed. And you need a better pass rush, you know, from your four down linemen. Yes, Glenn Logan had a sack, uh, hopefully, or three down linemen. Hopefully Rashad Lawrence won't be out too long. Uh, with what looked to be like an ankle sprain. So, you know, you're going to need those guys to create pressure so your your DBs um, can make some plays. You know, you can't expect a guy to be covering for four to five seconds yeah. uh, and, and still be covering that guy. Yeah, absolutely, Charles. Next question ca- comes from uh, Simon Guillory. He asks, Dave Aranda, <laughs> sending five had success. I'd rather have Sam gain nine to ten yards than have him pick apart the secondary. Thoughts on Aranda's performance certainly gives Texas the edge schematically. Herman versus Aranda, and then kind of asked about Emory. We touched on Emory, but what were your thoughts on Aranda last night? I think it was uh, brought up that Mississippi State game from a couple years ago, Charles. I I think it falls kind of into that performance. I didn't think it was a great game uh, called by Coach Aranda. I thought he lost on some of the adjustments. Uh, Coach Herman has made a lot of defensive coordinators look stupid over the years. That's why he's coaching at Texas. Um, He's a good coach, and he schemes it up well. Uh, you know, Coach Aranda will make his adjustment. I, I bet you if you ask him, you know, I, he absolutely is not happy with the defense or his performance. I'd say it was a C-plus performance. You know, we got the win, but you know, it was too many times in that game where guys were just running free, you know, and too many tackles missed. So they'll go back to the drawing board on some of that, get it fixed. Uh, Brennan asked a question about uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire being a big part of the offense. Mm-hmm. And also wants to know about Emory. Look, we covered Emory. And just put this out there that, uh, you know, coaching staff, I don't think, wanted to have uh, younger backs in there and create turnovers. Um, I expect to see a lot of Emory the next couple, three weeks. Um, and they, as they prepare him and Ty Davis for SEC play, uh, you know, I think some of it is turnovers and, and some of that. And so expect to see a lot of them from the next coming weeks. Um, and and you'll see them as SEC play starts. Yeah, no, Charles, you nailed it. Uh, without getting you know too much, you know, drilling down on one on one kid or you know one player. That um, I think it's yeah, coach coach O concerned about the turnover aspect of things. And um, like you said, let's see let's see what Emory can do. Let's give Emory 15, 20 carries against the Northwestern, and you know let's see if he hangs onto the ball. He don't drop the ball and cause turnovers. Coach O didn't want to find that out in that Texas game. I can tell you that, you know, that Emory needs to work on uh, holding onto the ball a little better or Ty needs to work on holding the ball a little better. He wants to find that out against Northwestern. Well, next question, and I think this is a really great question to ask about he said, uh, Mo asked, how about a weird problem to have? How do you balance LSU scoring in 250 
and resting the defense. Mm, and yeah. how long do you think a unit, offense and defense, not being on the field matters? And if so, which benefits a unit and hurts the other? I think it's obvious. I mean, he, he said an example LSU offense during the Texas yeah. 19-play drive. I, I don't think that affects LSU's offense. You know, it, it helps Texas's defense in terms of rest. If anything, LSU's offense hurts the defense, and, and I expect to see higher scoring and, and lower-ranked defenses as long as we are running a, an offense that scores at such a fast rate. Yo, Charles, you nailed that answer. That's it. That's really what it is. And I've I'm, I've said it a couple times on this show that – they, they literally might have to sit down in the next coming weeks and say, okay, we need a game plan ourselves as far as how we're going to handle the defense as getting these guys rest, rotation, hydration, whatever that is. And like I said, if you, if you may be too young to remember, go back and do a little research on that Oregon when Oregon broke into college with Chip Kelly running this offense. That defense had to go through a major adjustment to be able to keep up because they want to feel so much. So, uh, you know, that's uh, hey, it, it's a good problem to have, Charles. We can score points. So. You know, something I found interesting watching the Carolina Rams game today, mm-hmm. they were talking about uh, Sean McVay after the game. You know, they put up three points in the Super Bowl, and, and it was a low-scoring game. And he went and talked to the Patriots' offensive coordinator and was asking, how do you come to one of these games where it's a lower-scoring lower game, and, and how do you call it? And, and I think that's something that, you may see a struggle later on in the year in a lower scoring game where LSU, look, I think this offense is going to score points no matter who they play. But I think that's something that that Innsminger as a play caller is going to have to learn is, you know, if you're in a matchup where you need to rest your defense, yeah, look, you may need to run the ball a couple more times. So that I think that's something we may see against some of these SEC opponents. Yeah, I think when it comes down to SEC play sometimes, Charles, it's just, it, it just happens that way. Uh, because, you know, like you said, it's, it's SEC opponents, uh, and they might need to slow it down a little bit, but, you know, after the first two weeks, I think coach O said it, we're coming out a guns a blazing. So, and, you know, until I see it, I'm just going to roll with the fact that they're, they're going to spread it four and five wide and, and sling it around the yard. Well, another question comes from Windsor asking about, uh, if we can discuss a crucial play by Stingley, who broke a, a huge pass play by Texas mm-hmm. as they were gaining momentum, uh, just said that play swung the momentum back to LSU. And he's saying, look, this is not something we should be overlooking. No, uh, and it was. That was that was big, the fact that he was still able to look at that and review it and say that I think the, the ball had hit the ground. It, it looked, looked almost like a pick from Stingley. Um, I expect to see more of that, Charles, from Stingley. He's just – I think he's that talented, uh, talented of a player. Um, and it, sometimes those guys don't, don't get their due, you know, you, you know, because he's on an island out there. He can shut down his part of the field. So you don't hear his name called. But that's that's what we want to hear. And uh, yeah, that that was that was a big play for for Stingley and LSU. Another question from C. Hill asking about the Texas heat or the, the def- or, or did the defense look pretty out of shape? Look, it was the heat. I mean, that mm-hmm. heat was serious. Um, you know, yes, LSU's used to that sticky, humid air, but they're not used to playing on a turf field. And, and you could see, um, LSU, Texas, on the other hand, is used to playing on that turf field, and they know how to hydrate properly. I just don't think LSU is hydrated properly in this game. I think, yeah, yeah, that's definitely part of it, Charles. They they didn't look hydrated. I mean, look, it's cut and dry. 
your guys were cramping all over the place there for a while, you know, so they they just weren't necessarily prepared properly for hydration. Uh, Chuck, I think I heard Coach O said that he didn't he didn't believe the guys needed IVs at halftime, and then we came out in the third quarter and a whole bunch of cramping started happening. I, I'm pretty sure I heard that. Is that correct? I I did not hear that. that was yeah, first I, I, I want to say crazy because Divinity and uh, Delpit went and got IVs during the game and missed yeah. in playing time. I, I'm, you know, I have to do research, but I want to say, Charles, I read today that Coach O had made a statement that when they went into halftime, they didn't call the guys to prep for the IVs like they normally would maybe in a situation when they thought they needed to hydrate their guys. They come out in the third quarter and people just start dropping like crazy. So I think that's a lesson learned by, by LSU. Yeah, I probably saw 10 cramps last night. Yeah. You know, the crazy thing is you did see that, you know, Texas fans were upset about that, saying, oh, you're stopping the momentum, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, players for Texas were saying, no, it was hot out there. <laughs> we, were, we were hydrated right. I mean, you can't give LSU a hard time because those guys were actually cramping and they were. And, you know, I think that's a lesson learned. Um, but I'm glad to be home the next three weeks <laughs> as we go through the last bit of the hot, um, the hot time, you know, yep. the, the hot season before we get right. to hopefully a cooler October games. Um, <laughs> but next question comes from um, Darren. He asked, why do you think Dave was playing so much zone on defense? He was saying our pass rush was not good enough to drop back and let him find holes in the zone. I feel like we had more success playing man and blitzing. Josh, I didn't see much down. Yeah, I know we talked about this a little bit off off air, Charles. I didn't. I seen zone maybe a handful of times. You know, maybe just it looked like that to him. Maybe on TV that it seemed more in zone because we were we were getting uh, blown blown away in the secondary. I can see how maybe he thought we were in zone, but uh, I thought they manned up at times. And he's right, we didn't get quite get a pass rush that that we needed. So it exposed it exposed some of the, some of the cornerbacks. Well, Josh, our final question comes from Tricky Kid. He said, you dissected this game all week. What was your biggest surprise of the night? I my biggest, <laughs> yeah, okay. So my, my biggest surprise of the night was the play of the secondary for LSU. You know, and I, and I, I thought I, I knew Texas and Ellinger could throw the ball a little bit. I, I knew they could press, you know, press the secondary. Look, I predicted 14 points for Texas. I just didn't think – that Texas would be able to move the ball up and down the field consistently, you know, against LSU like that. Um, I was wrong as that. So, you know, LSU has got to go back and do some work because um, like I said, the game's only going to get tougher as you get to the SEC. Um, that was my, my biggest takeaway that LSU has got some work to do in the secondary. Uh, just abysmal at times. Like I mentioned earlier, Todd Harris has got to literally tackle people in the end zone because he's beat Kerry Vincent beat numerous times. Uh, yeah, that was my biggest surprise is that uh, LSU just couldn't cover on the back end. And the quarterback for Texas, all the film study I did, that's probably the best game I've ever seen him play was against LSU. So props to Ellen Sam, um, tremendous player, tremendous kid. Um, I enjoy watching him. Well, I would say that, you know, there are multiple surprises for me. Yeah. I'm right there with you on the defensive backs. You know, I, I'm right there with you. On talking about the hydration, I'm surprised that these guys were cramping as much as they did. And, you know, that that's not a problem that I expected. 
uh, and expected LSU staff to to handle that better, and they didn't. And you know, of course, we've got this question more than any was the play of John Emery. We didn't see him. Uh, that was probably one of my bigger surprises. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this: my biggest surprise, and this could surprise people, but I was surprised by the play of Joe Burrow last night. You know, he played against a, a good defense in a in a top ten matchup on the road, and he went thirty one of thirty nine last night for four seventy one. You know, he throws an interception early in the game in his own, you know, backed up to his own end zone, and it doesn't phase him that much. You know, he still has a spectacular game, turns it on after that, and has a lot of success. And, you know, Joe, yes, while he ran the ball nine carries and had a 16, uh, 16 yard carry for long last night, you know, most of those carries were sacks. You know, really, he ran the ball four times at the end mm-hmm. of the day. Last year, last year's Joe Burrow probably would have ran the ball 15, 20 times last night, you know? And, yep. you know, there was so much talk about Burrow's play in big games. And, look, the stats were there to prove it, you know? He had mediocre games against some better teams last year on the road. But last night was different. And, you know, that's why I think Burrow's in, in legit talks for the Heisman Trophy this year. I think that's why you saw so many people saying, I was surprised, because it wasn't only the offense – but it was also the fact that Joe Burrow played so well, and, and I'm really excited to see what he does the rest of the year. Yeah, um, Charles, I think you said it all right there. Look, I was impressed in his pageant wave where he was wave where he waved to the to the Texas fans goodbye. I thought that was uh, that got a lot of run. I tweeted that, and that's still getting run. So uh, you got to love his his way of going about things, man. It's a dry humor, but it's uh, I'm glad he's a leader of LSU, enjoying it. What about their student section being so close to to the LSU bench, you know? And yeah. at the end, I saw them throwing stuff at, at the team. I mean, I thought that was kind of crazy. As well as, look, a lot of play was made about us only getting 3,500 tickets. I understand construction, you know, the contract had 5,000 in it. But, man, they stuck our band way the hell up there. And in a way, felt disrespectful at the end of the day. Yeah, Charles, I'm glad you said that. That's what I was about to say. I said, I, you know, I understand the tickets and the seating. Don't get me wrong. I, I get it. It's your stadium. But for them to stick our band up there, and that, to me, that's just a low blow, and it's not good by the administration. Uh, that, that's just a, it's just a bad look. Now, what do you expect LSU, you know, to, uh, to treat your people? You shouldn't force. You know, this is me being a parent now. You know, I'm not, I hate doing this, but th- you shouldn't force, you know, adults when we have these college kids coming into LSU, you shouldn't force other adults to be treating them, treating them bad. But, you know, you, you force LSU's hand right there. You know what I mean? I mean, that's not right. They shouldn't have did that to LSU's band. Yeah, I think it's just kind of a normal thing. It, it takes into the game, the, you know, the pageantry of the game having mm-hmm. it lower. And, look, you maybe stick the student tickets that were allotted. I mean, they had parents, you know, I, I saw multiple parents uh, tweeting out and stuff where they were sitting. You know, some parents, they took it upon themselves to buy better tickets. Right. But most of them were right next to the band, way up at the top of the nosebleeds. And, you know, look, if LSU could do that to Alabama every game, they would. And But there's contract stipulations that don't allow that. But mm. you, you can expect, I mean, I saw Osbury's comments saying uh, they, they can expect to be at the top. You know, don't worry about that. But, Josh, I would be surprised if they put uh, the band in Alec Box next year. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I hate to see that, man. I'm not that type of guy. I'm not that type of petty type of person. But, you, it's kind of like the Florida deal, what happened with the hurricane and the reschedule and all that. You, you, you forced LSU's hand, man. You know, that's just so expected in return. 
Yeah, uh, it, you know, Texas does come in next year. Um, it's going to be an interesting matchup, especially if Ellinger comes back. If not, you know, I, I've tweeted this out a couple times this week. I think LSU had the advantage this year. I think Texas has the advantage next year, especially if Ellinger comes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's something we'll break down when that comes. But, yeah, look, the pettiness was there. The talk was there. I mean, everything for this matchup was there. It was a top 10 matchup. It was a classic. Uh, LSU comes out victorious, and, and now LSU gets a couple of weeks before they prepare for their gauntlet that they'll be running through this year as they face uh, four more ranked teams <laughs> before it's all said and done this year. Uh, Josh, where can people find you at on social media, and, and what do you have coming out this week? Yeah, um, you guys, if you uh, haven't checked me out before, check me out on Twitter at, uh, at LSU FBall Truth. Uh, put out content consistently all day. I uh, try to get things out there. Also, keep an eye out for the website. I got a new publisher hopping on board, um, so I'll be able to push some of those duties off on, onto them and be able to get some more content going on the website. So, uh, keep an eye out for for the website. There's going to be you know a lot more content being uh, starting to be put on the website starting this week. Yeah, high school season is heating up. Recruiting season is heating up. Is you're going to see more visits and. Uh, like Josh said, man, recruits across the country are really mm-hmm. excited about what's going on with this LSU offense. Um, so, I, you know, someone I saw someone tweet out to you about talking about the line and, and, you know, saying, oh, man, you know, we, we need to prepare this line better. We need a better D-line. LSU's got one of the best defensive line class yeah. committed, not signed. I, I get that. Uh, but I think LSU's going to pick up another offensive lineman before it's all said and done. So recruiting's going to be heating up. So y'all make sure y'all follow Josh for that. Uh, follow him on Twitter at LSUFBallTruth.com and check out check out his website, LSUFBallTruth.com. Follow the Primetime Podcast if you don't already at Primetime underscore pod. Uh, rate, review, subscribe on any media uh, or any listening outlet you find us on. Uh, we will be doing our preview of the LSU versus Northwestern State game later this week. Expect that to come out Wednesday or Thursday. But for Josh Moyne, my name is Charles Reese, your host. Y'all have a great week. Enjoy this win. And as always, God bless. Ooh.